0: Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the eastern border. First of all, I would like to do some uh, cleaning of the house, so to speak. You know, getting things in order. Um, sorry about the last episode. I, uh, it wasn't my best work, and I should have, you know, probably given myself more time because, you know, I thought uh, I have two scripts. I can, I can make this work. No, that that was a bit of a mistake, especially since uh, the cat has decided to live under my my feet all the time next to the computer. So. That was a bit difficult. Right now, Kat's uh, in another room sleeping, so it's a bit better. And uh, yeah, I didn't charge my patrons for it. Oh, about how my Patreon works. I don't charge for every episode. It's about like five episodes a month. And the thing is, I don't do that, because in the beginning, when this whole thing started, podcasts were a very new thing, and there were people, you know... There were people on the internet who had, like, started doing their shows and then abandoning, abandoning them, and, like, people like Spoonie, only very few people right now even, even remember him, but basically there was the situation where people just set up, like, per month Patreons and, and then didn't deliver for months on end, and, like, you know, Dan Carlin just doesn't release episodes that much, so... He releases one every a couple of months so i thought you know that would be kind of unfair and in dan Car- dan's show it was a buck a Baka, Baka show that's all we ask all the time so i decided for a per show <laughs> well method of of my patreon and you know um it, it was it was good for the time and i thought switching now because now the situation's well very different but uh, if i do then i'll lose all of you and everyone will have to resubscribe and that would be a massive mess so instead you know just please uh, set up your monthly limits there is a monthly limit to how much you you want to pay me and then you don't have to calculate per episode or worry about which ones I charge for which I which ones I don't charge for just just set up a monthly limit there please and then we will all escape unpleasant surprises and you know I, I don't want to make enemies out of you I don't want to anger anyone so thank you for for your understanding and patience Secondly, about the advertisements, I have heard a bunch of things about them, and again, for the new listeners here, I don't know what's on them. I don't control what Acost puts on them, it's totally random, based on my podcast tags, and whatever things. I wanted to just remove ads for a bit uh, in the early days, and right now, I just have accepted them, because I can't even like properly remove them, it's just, on some episodes they exist, on some they are, they don't exist, it's, I don't know what's up with those, those things, so it's, it's not under my control. But uh, yeah, now that that's um, that's done, let's get to the news because oh, a lot of work in this episode, and I have to say that in in the last part of it, where I'll be quoting you a YouTube video which was originally in Russian, I actually used the Chat GPT for the very first time. I mean, I couldn't get anyone to help me out to translate the, the transcribe the stuff in Russian and then then to translate it into English, and um, and yeah, the YouTube transcript is very broken and it has to be made into full sentences so um so, so i just you know got it dragged that through um dragged that, that through some some formatting then understood that it's gonna be take it's gonna take me a lot of a lot of time and i lose i use chat gpt for the for the last last segment i'll tell you one. it's my very first experiment with this and um well well i'll let you let you know how how this whole thing works but onwards to the news for the situation on the front lines Obviously, we're going to be using Igor Girkin's material on this because he's the most concise of, of the whole situation, and um, and he's very pro-Russian. Therefore, when he speaks about Russian losses, he's meaning them seriously. Hmm. And again, this is a uh, Igor Girkin speaking. So you know, he's a uh, he doesn't like Ukrainians much. Let just let just put it that way. Quote: There are two. There are still two main hotspots in Bakhmut. Fierce street fighting continues. The enemy, that is Ukrainians. Uh, is being pushed out of the western part of the city very slowly. Wagner is actively reinforced with army units and mobics. Stormtroopers can no longer cope without them. The losses incurred are being felt. Ukrainians, by the way, report themselves that, yeah, there's a lot of losses in in Russian mobilized, especially from artillery. Continuing on. Near things are much worse. As a result of meat assaults, in recent days, the composition of several assault companies has been knocked out without the slightest result. Not the worst companies, by the way. The problems are the same as for the entire past year. Attacks are carried out without sufficient artillery preparation, and uh, what they have is very inaccurate and very few shells, with almost no armored vehicles and sometimes without them at all. Aviation operates approximately as actively and successfully as in Battle of Borodino in 1812. And then Girkin gives his predictions here. My forecast remains the same. It will not be possible to encircle Avdiivka. a breakthrough near near Vodziane is necessary to encircle the city from the south, before the counteroffensive of the armed forces of Ukraine. And yes, I am probably discrediting, but for these meat assaults that have been going on for a year now with the same method, I would have shot the entire command from the army and down to the regimental level. For this cannot be cured in any other way, and the fact that this disgrace has been going on for more than a year does not even allow to reduce the punishment to penal battalion level. Just in case the numbers of irretrievable losses for some units with extreme precision up to one individual are known to me, and I do not cite them only for reasons of military secrecy. I sent it to those who should have it, although this, according to experience, is completely useless. So, here we can hear, once again, Bakhmut continues and everyone is just waiting for the counter, set Meanwhile, Ukrainian war reporters report from their side that Ukraine has unilaterally handed over to Russia all seriously wounded prisoners which were captured since the beginning of the full-scale war, those who could have been tra- could be transported. The coordination center notes that um, this is not an exchange but a repatriation, the return of the seriously wounded without any conditions as, pro- as provided by international humanitarian law. They quote, Russia continues to hold captive Ukrainian citizens who should be repatriated too, including seriously ill and wounded civilians, children, which is a war crime, women, and the elderly. Meanwhile, journalists at the independent news outlet MediaZona have studied data in 35 regions across Russia and confirmed that the inmate population in these areas fell by 17,000 people in 2022. The findings corroborate reports that thousands of prisoners have left incarceration since the start of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, often to fight alongside Russian troops as mercenaries in exchange for release. The inmate population shifts aren't the same in every Russian region. Many prisons, many prisons no longer publish inmate data. The numbers barely budged in some places where recruiters were reportedly active, and some facilities were vacated to make room for the Ukrainian POWs. But the general trend and continues to, to be the way. The Mediuzon reports it, and uh, evident, and the evidence uh, in Mediuzon's sample exceeds anything that pre-invasion trends can explain. Russia's Federal Penitentiary Service temporarily stopped publishing statistics about the nation's inmate population after releasing data in November 2022. That showed the sudden disappearance of 23,000 prisoners in the two months prior. The agency started sharing population statistics again in January, 2023, this this time releasing numbers more easily reconciled with pre-invasion trends. The Wagner Group Group efforts to recruit inmates to fight in Ukraine started getting broad attention in summer 2022. By February 2023, Russia's own defense ministry had seized control of prisoner prisoner recruitment. And, uh, well, there are human rights organizations, of course, who claim that Wagner recruited as many as as 50,000 inmates to fight in Ukraine before the military took over. And this, by the way, is interesting since it uh, again ties together with my last episode. This is the focal point of uh, of the article that I'm writing for Foreign Policy magazine right now about the prison culture. Because I'll be uh, I'll be doing this from the aspect of well, all these prisoners on the front lines and especially Wagner Group and Prigozhin, since that's the easiest example that I can use for this very prestigious magazine. And uh, well, of course, it's going to have to be very sanitized. But you know, just saying. At any point, well. Apparently, there have been a lot of visits. One of them is, of course, Putin, who did an Easter visit, sort of-ish. You see, it's been published everywhere at this point when, when I'm recording this, but um, apparently, this this Easter visit to Russian military headquarters in Ukraine's Luhansk and Kherson regions, that Kremlin publish, uh, publicized on Tuesday, may have taken place, place last week, actually, according to the independent news outlet Againstvo. After studying a video of Putin's trip that was initially distributed by the Kremlin press service, journalists noticed that the president can be heard saying to a military commander, Easter is coming soon, isn't it? The version of the video that was uploaded to the Kremlin's official site has been edited to make it sound like Putin is saying the Easter right, the, it's Easter right now, isn't it? According to against the original and doctored version of the clip was replaced almost immediately, but internet does not uh, forget, you can google it up anywhere, uh, anywhere you want. Meanwhile, at the same time, Volodymyr Zelensky visited Ukrainian army positions near Avdiivka in Donetsk direction. Previously, you know, Zelensky had already visited line of contact several times at Izium, Kherson, Slaviansk, and near Bakhmut twice already. So, he also stated in, in his visit and after, afterwards in, in the speech, "We are finishing this day in Poltava. In the morning, I was in Donetsk region, in our Avdiivka. It's hard to see what, what Russian terrorists have done to this city." And I honor each of our soldiers, all the Ukrainians who have been restraining and gradually destroying this Russian evil for 419 days and nine years. I had the honor of congratulating Ukrainian soldiers and officers on Easter and presenting awards. I often thank them in my evening addresses for their accuracy and bravery for the destruction of the occupiers. End quote. Now, obviously, this uh, Putin's visit and the comparison to, to uh, Zelensky and his visit did not go unnoticed. And uh, while well, Grey Zone, which is... The Wagner Group Associated Telegram channel, no relation to the American Grey Zone, although by their content one might be clearly for, forgiven that, you know, you might mistake them for being totally united. See, um, they stated that, quote, mm. Earlier today Russian President Vladimir Putin visited Chaplyanka according to other sources, Soslievo in the Kherson region, where he held a meeting with the command staff, including, without sarcasm, the respected colonel General Michael Tieplinsky and uh, here Grayson a Wagner group affiliated channel continues because they had com- compared this to to Zelensky's visit quote mm-hmm. but also to be fair the near the nearest Ukrainian positions are over 60 kilometers away from Shosly- uh, and from Shashlivko 150 kilometers while Avdiivka where Zelensky was is 3 to 5 kilometers to Russian positions so um, you know even if even if it was uh, Putin himself and even if he, even if he went there he went nowhere near close to the front line, even if he was there recently. Meanwhile, well, Zelensky was up close, and this is admitted by, yeah, very pro-Russian people. Meanwhile, the person that that, that I consider one of my journalism mentors, so to speak, from the Russian side, Alexander Nevzorov, I, I deeply respect this person, he posted on his telegram about all this mess, about Putin's visit and it being fake and everything. Well, he posted the following, to which I... Can't have to agree. He's a snarky man. Well, you know, I, I learned from him a lot too. Quote There is no point in discussing another episode of the Putin on the Frontlines comedy. It does not work at all, not even among the fierce pro Putin cattle. The dictator's demarches are reduced to sluggish attempts to imitate Zelensky. But uh, pressing Chinese made icons, grunting over the maps, and exchanging official incantations with generals have zero media effect. No surprise there. Everyone is so accustomed to the hundred percent Putin lies, the stupid stage antics of the commandos and the staged nature of these adventures that the desire fi- the desired fire of the holy war is not being stoked in any way. These visits rather have the opposite effect, stirring up the eternal fly- theme of doubles and ridicule End quote so have to agree with this I mean, like I said this was, this is why I mentioned the gray zone thing, even if um, even if you know the Putin was on the lines. Still, that makes him look stupid. Meanwhile, I mentioned that, you know, Girkin and his buddies have created the manifesto, sorry, the club of angry patriots, or disappointed patriots. The word in Russian is ambiguous, and it's kind of like, you know, not just angry as in raging, it's a different type of angry. And then they posted a manifesto, which is why I just misspoke, because uh, I have my script in front of me, and, uh, you know, misread this part, sorry. And the thing is that a manifesto is beautiful, manifesto is beautiful took me a time to kind of um you know translate this but uh, it shows what what girkin and these patriots so-called patriots think about the war russia everything and it's just uh brilliant and it shows well exactly what they want because this is their manifesto and they also you know point out how exactly putin has been failing all this situation and you know if girkin and his buddies have these complaints and and stuff to putin and everything then um i i still don't know what, what to say to people who are actually not only pro-war but even pro-putin because that's like being double stupid but anyway i'll read you this one quote we are angry patriots we love russia our country is waging a serious war but this war is being waged in a botched way uh here's my means here's my being sad and you know girkin being sad too uh, by the way we're selling still those we have two i think uh, the spots left for t-shirts of igor girkin and him crying and, and Tugging a, a rocket so if you want them please email us at the write your write how much you would be ready to pay for it and we will send the 15 lucky of you the shirts signed by me with the color and the size of your choice and the money will go to ukraine i haven't really figured out which charity yet but i think i'll put it on poll so i'm just gonna mock i'm just gonna mock girkin and his uh, buddies crying here a bit more quote the opportunity for a quick and bloodless victory over the Ukrainian side, which has become a tool of NATO, was lost back in 2014, when the singing of the treacherous Mi- with the signing of the treacherous Minsk agreements. The military operation that began in 2022 could have followed a very different scenario, but the botched organization at the strategic, operational and tactical levels led our country to a war of attrition. How sad, once again. Defeat in the war would lead Russia to disastrous consequences. Oh no... The United States and NATO countries make no secret of their intentions to dismember Russia and bringing the Russian people into submission to a new yoke, coming this time from the West. Uh, The previous one was Mongol-Tatar yoke, by the way. Interestingly enough, well, I kind of have to agree that it will bring Russia to disastrous consequences. But I don't don't really know. I mean, (laughs) the United States and NATO countries totally, totally openly state that they'd rather not see Russia fall apart. And I personally think Russia will fall apart, but not waste the NATO are not going to have anything to do with it. But fine, Gerken, your your political views are just weird. Carrying on, the country in its present state cannot inflict the kind of crushing defeat to the enemy which would force the enemy to accept the terms of peace acceptable to us. However, the military, military political leadership of Russia is not aware of the seriousness of the situation. Neither military nor industrial mobilization has been carried out on the scale required. Military operations continue to be led by people who, in their abilities, are not even worthy to wear the shoulder straps of sergeants. Everything looks very much like the Russo-Japanese War or World War I. What's next? Well, Mr. Girken, I agree with you that everything looks just like Russo-Japanese War or World War I. And I can tell you what's next. Exactly what you think is going to happen, except you, you know, search for the blame in wrong directions. So, you know, it is what it is carrying on. Civil society and the angry patriots as part of it have taken over many of the functions of the Russian state. First of all, we are talking about direct supply and re-equipment of the fighting units of the Russian army. We will continue to do this in any situation. We have experience of other tasks as well. We understand that this is not the time to continue the confrontation between the Reds and Whites of a century ago. It is either fools or agents of the enemy who can argue seriously during the most dangerous war. The power and big business they remain those who have shifted their capital and their loyalties to the West. They are ready for sabotage as well as for direct collusion with the enemy and consequently betrayal. We do not exclude this preparation by them of a pro-Western coup, capitulation and consequently the dismemberment of Russia. This scenario we will resist by all available means. We are ready to cooperate with all the healthy forces in society, with all those who don't want Russia to lose. All for the front, all for the victory. Glory to Russia! I'm sorry for that being a bit loud, but it's just so silly. Oh, they signed Club of Angry Patriots, too. Whatever. Now, um, what, what a fun guy. I mean, great club. Awesome awesome things he's trying to do, right? We will, uh, of course, be following his efforts of of trying to somehow defeat, as he says, big business and people in power of the Russian Federation, while his club number is about nine to ten people, of whom even Gitkin himself and his buddies are being arrested and... Um, can't even, afford, can't even afford cars, for the most part. Yeah, that's gotta go well. I don't know, maybe maybe they can rile up big big masses of people, but uh, that will lead to the splintering of Russia itself. Not the Western part, but, you know, it's just me. The fun part is that, uh, again, this thing, this club of angry patriots, might seem silly, because, you know, sounds like ultra, ultra-nationalists, some sort of thing like, like Hitler would do, but... <laughs> There is a still Vladimir Kachkov. This is another Girkin's buddy, but he has his own club, and um, and yeah, cause, cause Girkin's club it isn't even the most insane pro whatever. I don't even know what club in Russia. There is another uh, there is another club which is a bit too insane that you know when 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 this guy gets invited on on various pro Russian YouTube channels, which he does get often. See, um, you you can visibly see the cringe and the awkwardness of of uh, other people who have invited him in. It's just beyond stupid, to be honest. And the thing is, Vachkov is the guy who um, was the ultra patriotic Orthodox dude who's who's gone completely insane. Like he's an ex-Soviet cardinal, but his messages are just bizarre. And you know, he had made this one video on Stalingrad TV, and this is the part where I used Chat GPT because he made a statement um, against Putin himself. But you know, if if uh, if Girkin's statement looks at least somewhat sane. Then what Kwachkov stated, and he has another of his own club, right? Then Kwachkov's statement is just bizarre, just bizarre. I won't, I won't like read you all of the stuff uh, that that they made in his in his statement because uh, the a lot of it contains specific data and everything. And the video was 40 minutes long, and you know, rereading it and commenting on it would take like me even more. I'm just gonna read you the beginning parts of it, which already by themselves show the the weird part of this. And again, like I said, I want to be honest with you. I use ChatGPT for this, because uh, everything else I translated myself. Hard to find people who will help me out. This is where I just took trans took the transcript, which was auto generated by YouTube, and uh, well, dragged it through ChatGPT to make it to make to give it translation and make it sound like reasonable. Then I reread it, and it looks more or less sane. But I don't know. If this if this works and isn't isn't too bad, then I'm, I will experiment with this and probably use it in some other episodes. I might get more sleep that way. But anyways, here we go, because uh, this is um, the statement of the all-Russian assembly of the situation in the country and the armed forces. And, yeah, again, reading you these statements just so you understand that, you know... Um, see, the people who try to portray... Americans especially, who write a portrait on internet, the Russia is the reasonable side who's doing everything of rational choices because, you know, they were afraid of everything and this is all planned out and, and they know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, the war is actually actively supported only by people like Girkin and, and this guy. Just so you knew, this is to counter, counteract the whole Russia is a rational agent propaganda machine and I just want to show what kind of people these guys like and apparently uh, agree with. And, hey, I'm not not judging, it's just that, you know, if you're pro-war in America, then, you know, you should probably, you know, take responsibility for your pro-war bodies inside Russia. So here we go. Quote, We, veterans of the armed forces and special services of Russia, united in all Russian officer assembly, have carefully analyzed the current military, political, and strategic situation after a year of the so-called special military operation. We have discussed the address of the president of the Russian Federation, citizen Putin, which is interesting because this is the first time someone calls him a citizen, but that's a foreshadowing of what's to come, to the Federal Assembly and studied attentively by the assessments of recent events by various political forces and public organizations. Based on this, we have reached the following conclusions. And now, now we get to the good part. Worth the wait, trust me, guys. Putin as the supreme commander in chief hypocritically evaded making morally politi- political and military strategic decisions to protect the integrity of Russia and the way of life of the Russian and other indigenous peoples of Russia. He cowardly lowered the level of our global confrontation with the satanic forces to the level of trade and economic to the, to the levels of trade and economic interests of his clan. Thus he has revealed himself as an opponent of the struggle for a united Russian world. It has become clear that Putin and Zelensky, being of non-Russian blood, equally reject the restoration of the Russian world of great and little Russia. Zelensky will fight to the last Ukrainian, and Putin, in quotation marks, will systematically and carefully replace the Russian and other indigenous populations of Russia with millions of millions of immigrants at the rate of one million per month on the front lines. Now, um, here's, here's a question that I have for them. Who wants to immigrate to Russia? I mean, Central Asian people do, but they're, they're not that many. It's quite hard to get to there. And what? 1 million per month? I mean, I don't... North, North Koreans don't run away that fast. I mean... Okay, I, I don't know. Imaginary immigrants are, are fine. Carrying on, because this is just so silly. The war has shown that Putin, the president of the Russian Federation, is the hidden but true leader of Russophobia in Russia, and nothing that is associated with Putin or his policies can be considered truly Russian. Putin's refusal to appeal to the people and the army with, uh, with 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 a call for patriotic war in the face of mortal da- danger has drawn a moral and political li- line under the, his state activities. There is nothing more to expect from him. And well, yeah, I, I can agree with Kuchkov and his totally insane buddies here. Putin does not represent Russia; he's holding Russia hostage, but probably not because of the reasons why uh, why Kuchkov is doing this situation. I should, I should really. Be more uh, careful about this. Suddenly don't want to start agreeing with Kvatchkov too much, you know. Quote, and this is the final part of this, uh, this situation, uh, because I'm not going to go in much deeper. Again, this was a 40 minutes video. He himself will not stand up to defend the homeland of, or the vast country, nor will he rise to mortal combat. The continuation of Putin's political life means the physical death of the Russian world from national asphyxiation. However, not a single political party represented in the state Duma or any other party, nor any of the many public organizations, has dared to openly give a harsh but objective assessment of the actions of the political and military leadership of the country during the war, and declared their ability to achieve victory, our Russian victory. At the same time, the past year has shown... The past year has shown the accuracy of the assessment of the military political and military strategic situation in the statement of the All-Russians Federal Assembly of May 19, 2022, which I quote, and this is a quote within a quote, so yeah, quote, mm-hmm. The special operation ended and a full-scale war uh, war began in its spiritual, moral, national, political, and socio-economic essence. This is a new patriotic war of historical Russia against the global international forces of the so-called New World Order. The statement also included specific proposals by these guys, he's now quoting what his crazy buddy said, Specific proposals to the top officials of the state and the church for a radical correction of the situation on the front lines of the struggle against bambera style Nazis. However, neither the political nor the military leadership of the Russian Federation nor the church... I don't know why he bothered... I don't know why he bothered Gundyaev. Sorry, uh, Patriarch Kirill, he's... He's totally going to die at the KGB Colonel, but still, I don't know why they bother him. He's just, you know, busy doing vile things and and, and getting more more luxury watches and, and buying new super yachts. But hey, this guy believes him, so what? What, what can you do? It's just, uh, it's just weird. No one, uh, apparently, according to them, has accepted the military uh, military defensive measures uh, proposed by us. Now we responsibly state that the military actions of strategic scale carried out on February 24th, 2022 by the armed forces and other troops of the Russian Federation, as well as the Corps of People's Militia, of Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics, private military companies and various volunteer formations clearly demonstrated the inability of the highest political and military leadership. And then he includes a bunch of people, you know, Gerasimov, uh, Shoigu, Nabyulian, everyone basically, blah, 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 blah. And then he carries on with... Uh, this has turned into a deadly threat to the existence of Russia as a system that forms the basis of the entire Russian world. And then he starts to just explain everything that, you know, how Putin exactly has failed, and everything is just crazy. And, uh, and no, I want to finish this because, you know, he finishes the paragraph of, of stating why by Soviet law, nonetheless he sees Putin as a, as a terrible war criminal, not because he's inhumane, just because he's not killing enough Russians and stuff, sorry stuff Ukrainians and stuff like that, but um, but, but as, a, as a result of all of the bad stuff that Putin has done, quote, as a result, foul language and profanity has wildly replaced strictly defined regulations and guidelines, as well as the order of, of preparing for and conducting operations and combat and military practice. The introduction of unwritten orders has been monstrously immoral in assessing the losses incurred, where the more losses, the more rewards, and higher evaluations for commanders... And Chiefs. And yeah, this is exactly what Gutkin has been saying. This is what everyone has been saying. I mean, these are the guys who support the war, who want Russia to win. And and you know, these guys, unlike Sol- Solovyov, who just states everything that, you know, that he's paid for, these guys believe this idea. They they genuinely believe that they're doing what's best for Russia, and openly state that they want like, you know conquer the baltics afterwards and the poland and all this stuff it's just in, for them that's that's an objective good these these guys unlike anyone else has, has never, have never really really you know changed their opinions or shifted away from being pure fascists they've always been saying that they are fascists Th- that is who they are this is great for them and and i don't know I, i'd rather believe these guys who are true believers of, of this whole situation who you know actually want russia to win with with all hearts and minds, instead of, you know, Solovyov, who just sells out. I don't know what he believes in. And if you, you know, look at this from this perspective, these guys are the only ones who truly believe that Russia should win and that this is a moral good inside of Russia. And if you do this outside of Russia, maybe you should, you know, think a bit about what kind of people do you follow. And secondly, if these guys are the only ones making the most competent decisions on the military front... And they're totally ignored by the Russian government. I uh, I honestly don't think there is a, a bright f- future in Russia either way, whether whether you know it's it's stalled or not, it's not gonna be easy for them anyways. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for today. I wanted to thank you all for listening. Of course, you know, if you want to become our patron, please go to patreon.com slash the eastern border. I will update my Twitter profile for, for that page as well. I have to shift it to this commercial thing, it's gonna be fine. Otherwise, you can go to theeasternborder.lv, our homepage, and uh, click the donate button there. You can set up a regular payment for me monthly, also without Patreon there, and you can always listen to every episode without ads. So, yeah, you know, hopefully we have better news next time. Everyone's waiting for the Ukrainian counterattack. But, you know, they themselves state that it's going to be surprising, so, you know, can't really know when that's going to happen. Anyway, we'll be at the top of the game and trying to control everything that's happening. Of course, follow us on Twitter... For uh, more updates, you can just uh, look up Kristaps on my, my name, on, on Twitter and find me that way, because uh, my username is at Stark, which is a bit silly, you know. But uh, yeah, up until next time, das свидания, And as always, remember, happiness is mandatory.